Hello you lovely people. Welcome to our podcast Six Years Aside. Where my sister and I more than anything else plan to catch up on a weekly basis and talk about things that matter to us the most or so we would like to believe. We have both lived better part of our adult lives in different cities which have often resulted in disconnects for longer periods of time without talking or chatting with each other. Recently, due to our constant conversations, that has improved. And since we have seen the power of conversations in bringing us closer and being aware of each other's thoughts, especially during adulting, we thought we would have them more frequently and over a podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm Mikhail. Hi, I'm Sana. and we are keeping our 6 years aside so on today's uh, podcast i think i want to talk about rather we want to talk about this one book which is the subtle art of not giving a fuck yes and uh, it's interesting because uh, i'm actually like bought this book for you and uh, i hadn't read that book but i remember like maybe maybe like how did we how did i end up purchasing this book for you in the sense that i hadn't read it myself uh do you remember like is there a story to it yeah so sometime back a friend uh, had recommended the book to me and later you also spoke about it so i just prompted you to buy it for me and usually you know people read about you know like uh, art of living life you know you, there's a recent update also like ikigai but um you know in today's times maybe what is equally relevant is how to measure what you care about mm-hmm. and what really matters okay so yeah i mean uh why are we discussing this book on this podcast is probably because uh i recently read the book and uh I thought I think rather we thought I think you had you had this idea that mm. we should probably uh discuss something which we both have been reading and we feel like connected or close have some opinions about it and stuff and uh how we understand relationships through books and through other perspectives I think would make sense right so I think uh with that once i read this book and it was a page turn i think i read over like two days straight or something uh there were a lot of things mentioned in the book which otherwise also are a premise of a conversation and uh i thought it would be interesting to talk about right. and uh the most uh, relevant out of it being uh, the title itself right which is which talks about not giving a a fuck which is basically like uh, not caring for everything that is probably over hmm. there and how do you pick and choose uh uh you know things that you care about or like i like how i like to keep calling them uh, like you have to pick your battles mm. and which ones to fight and uh and 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 one of my one of my bone of content with you normally is that i feel personally the way we choose our battles like between you and i mm. uh there is a difference so sometimes i feel uh I'm very critical rather mm. of some of the ones which you decide are important battles to fight and I being a elder brother sometimes feel that maybe these are not the the ones and I would want to safeguard you and want to direct you as yes. uh, Sana 
pick some other ones etc so the book becomes a good premise in terms of that right you know um when you come to think of every situation being like a battle um you know maybe you are not a person who would just keep quiet but maybe it's one uh, rule altogether like how much you have limited energy and how would you like to invest in so you know not giving a fuck i mean we are using this word because it's uh, you know mentioned so clearly as the title but uh, not caring does not mean being indifferent but being comfortable with being different right so um you can have your voice uh you can choose how much you want to um really divest um your energy in so um you know it's it's fine to like uh, measure these attributes and not be a people's pleaser like it gets you nowhere so you know the less um uh, you um are with your assumptions of everything matters in others checklist but it's it's high time maybe in life you put your feet down and say this is what is important to me and actually you would have time for better things in life what do you think hi i agree uh, that one needs to pick and choose the battles uh, i think the most common difference over there though comes across is like are you aligned with the people who are around you uh if the battle whom which you are picking also makes sense to them or uh, normally people say like uh, you know about other people that oh this person is wasting a lot of time doing this stuff mm-hmm. whereas for that person that thing is very important so he's actually caring or giving a giving a fuck as the book says about it um but yeah i think the idea is let's discuss that and then the book itself has like bunch of key topics which it kind of touches upon yeah. and uh, uh, you know some of the ones we have kind of spoken about other times uh, around it so uh, through the book probably we will keep discovering this uh, one of them being like uh, that happiness you know everyone kind of craves for happiness but one of the things which is in the book is like happiness comes from solving problems so <laughs> people normally think like uh if you stay away from problems you are happy or if there are no problems in your life you are happy but one of the propositions is that uh problems are there like the whole life is practically a problem mm-hmm. and if you keep solving things within it then that's the only way of being happy uh you can't get out of a a a, a situation and expect that there will be no problems in your life so there are two things which it talks about like a victim mentality and like a denial mentality which can, can be elaborate a bit can you elaborate yeah so i mean there are two ways in which you think there are problems in when one where you are like in absolute denial where you feel like no this thing is not a problem so for example if you're fighting with someone mm-hmm. in a relationship all the time you keep thinking that oh this is not a problem to solve there is no problems our life is perfect mm-hmm. uh the other is where you feel like everything is a problem so oh i got up late today the the problem is like i didn't sleep i like my bed is a problem someone didn't wake me up on time my alarm didn't go on time mm-hmm. things like those so either of the two extremes uh of problems are are kind of problematic <laughs> um so you choose which ones of those are important ones to solve right for example if you're not getting up on time maybe you need to sleep on time 
uh you need to uh, you know put your alarm properly or uh, uh yeah align yourself and then if that is really a problem that you want to solve about but once the happiness part of it only comes when you strive to solve that and uh, so then what do you have to say when people say that uh, life is not a problem to be solved let just it be a mystery so how do you think the book book could connect over there i feel i mean if you i mean it could be a mystery for you but uh if you are trying to at different points trying to find happiness you will probably have to uh the book would probably say that you know uh identify a problem that is worth solving solve it and 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 do it i mean you don't have to be like it is so mysterious that you unless you are like a, a ascetic or someone who to whom happiness is like you know that like this like ye sab momaya hai khushi khushi kuch hoti nahi hai stuff like that so for me like one of the areas where i really feel uh, i'm very happy to pick up problems and solve them and i derive a lot of happiness is like if they are related to the family hmm. so there is a small thing in the house which is bothering everyone and uh, i try finding a solution for it uh, i get immense amount of happiness out of that and a lot of people do that through like their work lives uh through their i don't know like through their partners and stuff so mm-hmm. just through their partner i mean but i'm like for me it's like the whole family bit uh what about you so um yeah i appreciate those points of interest where people really invite you to like be part of the problem solving situation mm. and um i would also decide like if it really needs my involvement and to what extent and you know just be some people are just observers in a, mm. a problem solving situation mm. so you know uh, so you're more you, like a bystander like that's how you think you can solve a problem no i mean there. i know like where to exactly um define my point of interest but i would not um i would not want to get wounded maybe okay by extending beyond my capacity mm. so you know i that's an interesting one because i feel i normally end up doing a lot <laughs> more and get wounded a lot more but so i understand where you come from like self care and self preservation is also important yeah. <laughs> go ahead right i mean you know after experiences where you just feel like you lost your entire battle with um i mean everything said and done and still the situation is in square one so maybe i think you can um, like define what till what point you really want to fight and i really like this uh, term mentioned in the book hedonic treadmill you know so uh-huh so psychologists explain it as the idea that we are always working hard to change our life situation to attain a better tomorrow or even more life goals but unfortunately we don't feel anything very different you know it's just a matter of progression mm uh, so yeah it's like um a treadmill right we're always running towards something right and so, it's like an oasis of um, just something uh, nice and appealing but uh, you also need to question where you are like what are you doing they say na i'm i'm trying to find myself mm. but um, what is already there in front of you is what you have correct correct that's a that's a fair way so probably the next thing uh besides this i mean we we have our slightly different takes on what problems to pick and mm. choose and how to drive happiness on it let's talk about some of the other things in the book right so 
which i also feel is which are relevant so this whole idea of like i i have a i keep have telling a conversation with you where uh, uh you know i normally try to put myself in a place where i feel like it doesn't matter what it, like it doesn't matter to me uh about whether i feel i'm special or not so i think one of the one of the topics in the book is like you are not special so it's just like uh if you don't give your i mean my interpretation of that is if you don't give your ego hmm. uh, give into your ego and make you feel like oh you know what this happened to me and how could it happen to me hmm. or i did this uh just accept the fact that uh you know you just like very ordinary in the sense that uh mm-hmm. everyone is obviously special as an individual but what the book is trying to say in this part is mm-hmm. uh that there are there are a lot of people that have come before and then there are a lot of people all the problems that you face are basically not first problems yes people have faced them so if you're facing problems of relationship there are a ton of people who have faced it before you if you're facing problems of around uh, jobs and stuff yeah. uh, they have been faced and the moment you look at it like that then it just becomes very calming you it's so cool right you can uh, talk to various people about it like you just don't have your own special perspective mm. right um yeah, yeah maybe in terms of economy or there are some specific situations which are completely different and where you have no reference point we can understand that it's a completely special situation right right but even then that's what i mean you can learn from other people right so i mean some of the best investment books would be people how they were investing like years back like people still look at warren buffet not saying that <laughs> oh he is a contemporary investor but his, his learnings and all the his basic principles and or, or i think there's another guy called uh, the the best investor or something like that, graham something yeah uh, those books are like still like best sellers because some of the things are like you know problems which are there they just get keep mm. getting like restructured and factored and uh, yes. yeah so uh the the uh the, the fact that you know you have to own up to one's merits and demerits and uh, uh a lot of people people are very uh you know if you're entitled you don't like think about uh anything being wrong with you in a sense like you think like everything that i do is like fantastic and phenomenal and hence yeah. my results should be similar but uh, mm. uh the thing that i want to say is like you are a very small speck in the in the bigger in the grand scheme of things right. and you should be absolutely okay with uh, whatever comes your way uh, the key there is more about how do you strive on improving and uh, uh, you know keep going mm. and uh, uh, the 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 thing about being special makes you feel like you want to do everything like you know you want to like get up in the morning and have breakfast also in the most amazing special way that is you and sometimes you want to be the star of someone's eye maybe your own eye i think <laughs> yeah you just want to be the star of your own eye and just like oh take a bath i don't take a bath this way i don't take a bath that way etc but uh, if you read a lot about like other uh, people and stuff like some of the things that i've read about like the importance of routines you know which is mm-hmm. which just takes away this whole aspect of being special and exotic all the time but it's just doing the the basic stuff right. over a long period of time in a very disciplined manner whether it being like people who work out have they don't have like 15000 different kinds of workouts which they're mm. doing which people feel like oh i should do this for this part and that for that part most of the people would have like a very standard routine of mm. working out people who and it are, gets them to their goal yeah yeah it gets them to their goals and that's how it becomes like uh famous so i think what happens is because there are so many people as an as a third person you see so many people's different 
workout regimes and you think oh you have mm-hmm. to do all of these mm-hmm. but you forget that they are like different for different people and yeah. that person sticks pretty much to that same thing uh, not in a special manner but in a more routine ordinary manner mm-hmm. and uh, and just I mean this is for a variety that you want to try out different workouts but they always have a common point of interest right like right. Uh, you would always ha- uh, see those um you know weight workout happening right yeah and the cardio yeah. and mountain climbers so yeah. i just like that everyone has this common point of yeah. uh, effective routine but what do you feel about this being special part like do you think like we all are special in the sense like no one's understanding us and i'm special or uh uh i you think like we are everyone is ordinary in after a particular point and it's okay So when we raise as kids we are told that every kid is special everyone has this right to do everything we are so entitled to rights and opinions um <clears throat> but uh, maybe some people take it to another level saying in my set of circumstances i find this special and i want to keep at it you know uh, by maybe even looking down at other upon others and saying that i mean also comparing the special so do you feel do you feel you fall victim to this sometimes i mean it can become a little demeaning uh, at a point where someone is in one's own bubble of special um, rights and privileges but you know no, but what so, is special but, so that's to me, what i'm saying like do you feel you are you are in that bubble at times or do you think like <laughs> no you, you i'm just i'm just talking generally that uh, you know special can just be your way of looking at life it's your eyes and how you define the special word and you know people may not be special by themselves it could be the situations and circumstances which make them so right um and also in like more uh, of a uh, realistic sense not just in terms of rights and privileges so uh, the personal judgment of being special can be biased right mm. uh, i have one just proclaims to be special you just be like where where is she coming from where is he coming from so uh, i think what would be more substantial and um um right would be like i i see this uh, sort of right or rightness i mean righteousness is um, let the society decide if you can derive those terms of entitlement you know like in a workplace you did five things to mm-hmm. get achieve certain goal okay. and your colleague did maybe 10 things and but you still find those five things overpowering those 10 things so just do it and don't take too much credit maybe that special thing takes a lot of space and maybe it can ruin uh the elements working for you so, but special can just be like uh, very subjective uh, someone may find it special someone may not but let's just treat it like as a routine which takes you uh somewhere right got it hmm interesting thought okay i think probably we could the other the other interesting one which i which i which i very strongly believe in is the value of suffering now that just sounds like really it seems like we're going to talk about like really some sad stuff over here but uh it's nothing like that uh it's pretty simple in the sense there is certain amount of value which is involved in suffering and uh the kind of values which you have will probably decide whether that suffering is good for you or if that is like detrimental so 
the book talks about like certain shitty values like pleasure mm. uh so the things that you would do only for pleasure uh so they are more hedonistic in nature now that that might not the, the suffering that comes from that might not be really value building right so if you're saying that oh i need really need this thing because this gives me pleasure and then you're not able to buy it or that thing gets taken away from you now that's not a great value set to do right similarly like material success yeah. possessions yeah possessions and stuff so that's not a great value because possessions are you know we all know they are cyclical so they come and go mm-hmm. uh, always being right and uh, <laughs> you know no one can practically always be right so if someone who feels like you know conversation if every conversation if someone feels that they were right and the other person was wrong then i would definitely think that you would probably introspect a little more and uh uh the other thing is around uh, you know uh hmm. there are people who always feel like super positive they're like super charged <laughs> that's what the book says i mean uh and then the problem and it's about that of course i mean everything in life is questionable so uh you know i mean freud there's one quote by freud in the book which is around like one day in retrospect the years of struggle will strike you as the most beautiful so that's what the book is probably trying to say mm. by saying that you can actually feel uh in in i mean you know 10 years 20 years from now uh some of the times when you actually some of the time when you actually spend and you thought like they were the most horrible and you were struggling and stuff mm. uh you know you've learned a lot out from it and uh i second that yeah and and self improvement is kind of prioritizing uh these the 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 other set of values which are the better values to have right mm. which is in a way again coming back to like choosing the better things in life to care about and spend your time about and mm. if you care about the better things uh if you I mean yeah if you care your problems the, could get better <laughs> yeah i mean then you have better problems to solve and that means you have in, invariably a better life right so for example like uh if you feel family is very important to you uh and then there are certain problems within relationships in the family mm. and if you spend time in like fixing those and if suppose they get fixed to certain extent then the returns of them are more real versus like saying uh maybe some of the other stuff which i already spoke about so uh that's that's probably my take on this whole value of suffering and i also mm-hmm. said in the beginning that's very close to me because uh again like i believe that uh in like stoic philosophy which also talks about like things will keep happening to you mm-hmm. and a lot of them will be unpleasant but how do you deal with them is basically something stoicism talks about and stuff right so Uh, suffering Which is we'll kind of with another yeah, podcast. podcast yeah yeah so but what do you, what do you like do you want to you want to add anything to this yes so um you know like uh, we mentioned uh, the aspect of suffering and um, sometimes it can be voluntary and involuntary and just imagine like a catastrophe striking your life like a war you know and we could almost see ourselves trapped in a war of um, nature and covid-19 and i would like to take you back to an example mentioned in the book about the russia war you know um where uh, people were in their own comfort zones until it struck them and it made them better so uh, you know in the long run um uh, basically we should um 
think about things which will actually give us a long uh, lasting um, you know sense of happiness than just like momentary pleasures uh-huh. right so um, there was an example saying uh, how one ha- feels happy running a marathon you know you feel your muscles all toned up versus eating that chocolate piece like yeah it's sweet and then oh later i'm just cringing about that uh, <laughs> piece of fat i just accumulated on my tummy right and on the same note uh, having even a small business with friends while trying to make ends meet like it's a, uh, a collective process right where you do so much yeah and you know that uh, feeling of togetherness brings so much more happiness than just buying one uh, like materialistic um i mean accumulating something um yeah expensive like a computer but then it's limited right like the sense of interaction and um it does not compare right so you understand that um like probably like if if there is a like setting up a business will have its own struggles and then preparing for a marathon will also have like there will be a lot of suffering probably involved in terms of so you don't run away from the struggle you know like when you develop this sense of um attaining something mm. for mm. um doing where you what you have not done you know like the the best uh, ways of right. um attaining happiness is the the unknown right mm. yeah which is again like you know i think it's, it's uh, kind of these topics will keep coming back as we going through the book because the the preliminary subject is is this it just talks about the right choices the right struggles mm. the right efforts right which which takes me to the next point which is around uh just like how there is value from the right kind of i mean there is you can derive your suffering from the right kind of values you can also be making choices so it's this one topic which the book talks upon it is like you're always choosing and i feel absolutely again like a no brainer you always have a choice and i believe primarily one is capable of everything that he or she can control and then th- things which they cannot control mm. uh they should not bother about it so uh what i mean by that is if you are in a situation uh for example like you can decide mm. you can prepare for an examination right mm. that is in under your control yeah now the result of that is not under your control mm. but then how you respond to that result is again under your control so you can choose yes. the things uh which are under your control and mm. a lot of times that also means like when you get angry or when you say things like your form of expression yeah. uh could be triggered from the surroundings which are not under your control right. but uh, uh the there are other set of things which are there mm. and uh, again i mean this is something which i mm. have been working really hard on personally in terms of trying to tell myself okay like i mean 2020 is a best example right there are so many things in 2020 which are not under our control in the way we've been locked up in the house and stuff but we are still choosing in the sense that we can choose to stay inside the house we can choose to spend more time with the family and not flout room rules and stuff <laughs> uh uh yeah i mean that's that's one way if any anything to add on that yeah, yeah. i mean how we respond to uh simple pleasures of life to tragedy the mm. impact uh 
we want in our life like as as kids we just think everything is like should be in our favor Absolutely. we are just struggling to f- meet the it, there's no like principle that is guiding us it's just mm. like our wants right and only when they become needs right you know and you realize what is um what is um the essence of life right right so getting into that mode of um, perception is truly uh, special to me like when you know people uh, can see those things in the same altitude mm. and go forward is what i actually look forward to let's go to the next topic in the book okay which is i think uh, you are wrong about everything <laughs> but so am i so fair enough so okay agree i think this is one thing which we can easily agree upon it looks <laughs> like so a pretty plain simple over here it talks about uh, there's a mason's law of avoidance which it talks about where there is like the more something threatens your identity the more you will avoid it uh practically trying to say that uh you know if there is something like which you are threatened from mm. uh you will resist kind of making yes. changes right that's what like cultures do or society does a lot they say like oh nahi aisa hi hota hai uh because they are just like if you change too much then you're just like your identity is like questionable then and you're just like wait a minute like am i even the same person or not mm. so uh what they forget though is that culture or anything else is like iterative right there is like yeah. growth involved and mm. uh if there is growth or there is iteration involved uh you're basically not like you don't go from like wrong to right so it's not like saying oh this is doing this is wrong mm. and doing this is right it's more like saying uh this is wrong and then if you make these improvements you're slightly less wrong and then if you keep making certain improvements then you're slightly more uh sorry you're slightly more right and then you're more slightly more right so mm. it each change that you make it, you are progressing towards uh reducing the wrongness but that doesn't mean like you absolutely right or anything so it's like a very long journey and possibly in the way uh you will pretty much still be on the on the side where things are not looking right but you have to keep working towards making them one bit less wrong than where they were yesterday yes uh so don't try it to be like it sounds convoluted but it's 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 a fact yeah i mean Yeah I mean it doesn't sound the most ideal thing you want to be like people always say like what is the right thing to do right <laughs> a lot of times the the question is what is the less wrong thing to do probably mm. uh, and 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 in that whole essence don't try to be like special don't try to be like unique don't tr- strive for like very narrower identities of which are like this right and wrong thing mm. uh rather strive for like uh uh things which are more generalistic and uh uh, uh Yeah, I mean you don't have to have very strong beliefs rather. Uh uh you can appreciate uncertainty and keep working with that. Uh again, yeah. a big big advocate. I'm a big advocate of that. Um Yeah. So I agree to like uh the Mason's law and um how you can um just uh, appreciate uncertainty, but um, you know you need to have character to like stand for one of them uncertainty or certainty and taking the middle path is just uh, <laughs> confusing like who are you yeah. so you know um i uh, would be would play the devil's advocate for 
uncertainty you know uh, if someone is trying to uh, put up you know the laws of uh, uncertainty i would just be like let's be more systematic let's be more certain mm. but then uh, you know uh, then this principle kicks in about having growth by reducing wrongs you know it's a very nice perception to look at where you're not actually reaching truth or perfection they are again oases right i mean there's no right. absolute over here right and perfection is just uh, desi- uh, is a uh, detrimental to health uh, on so many levels and i would like to commit to the, uh, them as ideals of life and when i hear you bhai like i get validation mm. on this that uh, just like uh, be um, more appreciative of um, being uh, less uh, obnoxious <laughs> you know yeah. and and i read and we're reading this book from mark manson so uh, apparently the fact establishes is itself that certainty can be an enemy of growth you know you are certain about a lot of things in your life definitely but um, growth actually happens where you're uncertain the unknown right and you figure it out so nothing is for certain until it has already happened the book says and even then it is still debatable that's why accepting the inevitable perfect imperfections of our values is necessary for any growth to take place right mm. so um yeah i mean it's, it's it comes slowly you know like you read all these things they sound like okay let's test it out yeah. this is a social yeah. experiment and um you know like for me my for my relationships i've always thought like certainty is like should be there but then it would not help you work out for a long term thing you know and that's the principle you slowly realize and uh, digest so um and i agree to this that maybe leaving things open ended is like the best way to grow right like no one seen life great um right. someone calls you crazy to live in future being too certain about ro- road uh, laying a road map for everything right um but uh, when you take baby steps that is also like a pleasure of reaching some place right. you know where which you don't know you want it to be like sketched out later right right and sometimes when someone gives you benefit of doing that you feel more right. at peace with yourself than like extreme tight deadlines of being right. like you have to get into this college you have right. to uh, marry at right. this age or whatever uh, personal um, right you know uh, goal setting you have in place uh with someone and uh, i think the more loose it is the more you enjoy life right and coming uh, to this aspect you know um we derive this essence from buddhism you know when we read the old scriptures uh-huh. uh, which also connects to the title of the book um where you let go of the mental construct right. of one's self right. that you exist right imagine like i just feel sublime when i think about you are just a spirit right. you're not like no you're not a statue right. that someone has to look at and appreciate all the time so how do you let go of the inessentials which are just your thoughts your ideas right and maybe just treat yourself as a uh, energy uh, making yes yes right yeah and and i think I think hearing these things from you are great because though we are doing this through a podcast if you believe in them uh it's it's amazing to hear it because years back probably I would have thought that you know we could probably never have conversation about such intricate stuff in with such lucidity because uh mm. they're they're difficult things right and also takes realization most of the time 
we would quarrel about the smaller things mm. and not understand that these these things are in play Spend these the things are in factor yeah uh and like you said like you know who knows what the way ahead lies which brings us to the next thing which is around that the way ahead uh, or the way forward is always around you know built on uh, probably failure yeah now what does that mean what does that even mean in the sense like how can you go ahead by failing but again i mean in a tech space it's a very common thing which people talk about which is like you know fail fast and learn fast basically yes. so uh the only way of improving upon things is by doing unknown things which means you are going to fail a lot of times and then out of those failures there will be like some success stories which will come in and that is how humans in general have progressed right um mm-hmm. if they have to make some inventions if they have to make some discoveries there have been a lot of errors a lot of wrong doings uh which people have suffered and gone through um, you know so things like anxiety and sadness are not always undes- undesirable or unhelpful it's how you would probably react to them and also in what measures how you're probably looking at it mm-hmm. uh, i'm not talking in the in the in the clinical sense of it i'm not saying like clinical anxiety is bad i'm saying obviously those things have to be looked upon mm-hmm. but anxiety in gen- just in general as a feeling uh, can be something which keeps you on your toes and makes you work towards something and uh, if you yeah. fail on it you can learn from it right so if you are stuck on a problem don't uh probably sit and think about it i mean this is another thing which the book talks about uh, i says keep doing something or the other mm-hmm. uh and even if it doesn't make sense to you immediately like huh. and this is such a big learning for me uh i mean mm-hmm. more than a learning is more like revisiting these things which we already know mm-hmm. but every time you read it it's more like a revision and you're like <laughs> yeah enlightenment e- not really enlightenment because enlightenment is like once when it dawns upon you this is more like re-establishing things which we kind of know about yeah and i have huge amounts of respect for you around uh, this part of like you know just keep doing something uh, certain things uh, you know you indulge in i would call them indulgences because i can't make sense of them <laughs> but you are so consistent and keep doing it even when uh, from the outside i think like oh you don't know how this is going to plan out but you don't sit and keep thinking about it like i am a perfect victim of analysis paralysis and thinking oh this is not happening because that will not happening and then i'll once i'll do this then i'll do this whereas you are like oh i have to do this i will do it i don't care about the rest of the world let's get this done boom bang done <laughs> uh maybe is a no. wrong thing to do uh, probably but you will just some motivation from your side also like some sort of support it can't just be sure sure but i'm saying you are you are way go getter in the sense like even if something which might draw you wrong results you will just go get it and move on so <laughs> it's like it's like basically you drive your inspiration and motivation from your action rather than first getting inspired and motivated and yeah. then do the action so it's like yeah. it's almost like inspiration leads to motivation leads to action but then it works the other way around also which means that action leads to inspiration which leads to motivation yeah. and then it's just like cyclical so you can pick up anywhere you can keep acting and get motivated and that's a much better way to probably you know keep improving upon and uh i think you are a master at it so want to hear it from <laughs> your your side of the story do you look at it the same way or you have some different takes on it no i appreciate this reverse psychology you know reinstated in the book um and you know the, these facts mentioned over here maybe you just know subconsciously and when it's stated and you read it again and again it builds more confidence in doing it like a failure in childhood would have resulted in like such 
एक्सट्रीम अमाउंट ऑफ डिस्ट्रेस दैट वुड नॉट लेट यू परस्यू समथिंग बिगर कमिंग अहेड एंड एज अडल्ट वन यू लर्न इट एंड यू डिसाइड फॉर योर सेल्फ वॉट वट कैंड ऑफ स्टांस यू गोन टेक टूवर्ड्स फेलियर्स एंड अपॉर्चुनिटीज यू लाइक लीड योर सेल्फ इन अ बेटर वे दैन सम वन डूइंग इट फॉर यू एंड यू नो लाइक द वेरी आइडिया ऑफ बींग स्पून फेड इन स्कूल मे बी इज जस्ट कैन बी अ डिसएडवाटेज यू नो सो यू रियलाइज दैट what is it that you're going to do maybe it can start with an inspiration it's not wrong to go from the inspiration course, to action mode but um, you know but some... what if the inspiration is not coming to you do you just keep sitting waiting for the inspiration no no right? no i mean some people just ha- would have a goal like something can be just an inspiration leading to a bigger uh, action plan but some action a little action can also lead to bigger inspirations of like course. oh i never thought this would even happen yeah. in this way yeah so I want to get to the uh, point of um, how, like, um, you um, live in like a life where you decide uh, what it is like, but your ex- external factors do more of that. You know, you can't just keep living what you think of it. It is so. You know, going back to that Russia war example. you know where i could not imagine reading about these world war 2 survivors feeling better more responsible and even happier despite the mass starvation and bombings and and only because of that struggle they became better you know so um uh you know like um, you never know like what would strike you in your life right. and how it could just change a lot of things for you like obviously like then that's why they say wish for do really think about what you wish for right you you just say i'll never have noodles maybe one day you just stranded right. in china and right. eating noodles right. what a stereotype as if everyone in china eats noodles but <laughs> but yeah i understand what you're saying <laughs> so um you know like um you should never conform to like set of ideas is like the final truths set in stone mm. so this can be like a force of change uh, in either your personal and professional life and they might be obstacles at some point but they when you re- go back and uh, i mean retrospect they were just stepping stones and opportunities to uh, move ahead so you know uh, it, it's it's good to like uh, read and learn and some people will not tell you the idea of reading books is so cool na you when people cannot tell you in the face there's right. a book that tells you so uh, yeah so con- in with such conviction yeah then you start to believe it and you also see the results right yeah also in your life. if someone if the same thing like i remember my mother would keep like our mother would keep telling us like about this certain thing and because only she was telling it to us mm. through a spoken word it didn't have sometimes that impact, impact. and <laughs> then i would find the same thing written in a book or in a video by some other person being said and i'm like oh this is like cemented fact like because just because it's published in a book so i think i or think maybe it's just the validation right yeah. derived yeah wo jo ghar ki murgi dal barabar is probably that also when it comes when it's too easily available and it's a part of your life you don't think it's very valuable and, and but i also uh, acknowledge the fact of storytelling in books there's a lot of context and mm. details and right. and in uh, we have seen our mom not being like the storyteller who would tell us like everything like as a rule book or guide no, i think we just been like too dismissive of her in general also so uh Uh, no let me course. tell you that she's not an orator of like value i mean she would do lot of 
value sharing yeah. but in terms of like the initial steps also were not with like a story so you no know, story yeah. and then value building yeah. and this uh, yeah. expectation setting right. can be more uh, detailed and thought out i think if a parent has to do it probably i love how we made up a parent become a problem in this whole uh, podcast while the whole podcast is about like uh, uh, the main topic is like hey you know you have things under your control so see we still learning basically there are there's a lot of learning unlearning which needs to be done but uh, I, i think that structure normally you know, it's just that how you perceive a parent's point of view and then a book mm. you know the perceptions are different maybe because the length of the dialogue is different understood and and that which, is wrong yeah absolutely which which also brings me to the next one which is around um uh, you know the importance of saying no uh exactly like the way we're talking right now uh again uh you know one needs to kind of pick their battles mm. in terms of where where which are the ones which they want to even indulge in um again full marks to you uh because you are absolutely clear i feel in terms of saying no to a lot of things where i i sometimes are in absolute shock i'm just like how did she even say no to this like this is expected out of a a younger sister or a a female or whatever whatever uh, classification one might want to put that ask in but you are super clear um and you normally don't like have confusions around those you don't go back on it uh and uh I think I think I mean it just talks about like the important things in life like for me again circling back to family um work generally for me has always been a means of you know more of a a a, a provider mm. uh bread earning thing correct uh and the real stuff uh mm. and I'm like someone certain things that I'm good at and etc but yeah. the the uh the, the real value is like around uh uh certain things where in my personal life where i said no to you know like so for example um uh, again sharing a little personal anecdote over here that um during my teenage years probably there were there were upteen opportunities for me to you know date different girls and stuff like that but once i found this one partner that time or whatever companion friend when we were just like teens uh i just said like no to a lot of stuff which probably that time seemed like very tempting or uh, mm. uh uh distracting distracting or at least inviting some kind of uh interest and because i said no to all of those and said right to the the the, the thing which i thought valued uh mm. i'm i'm like married to her and it's been like like 16 years of us kind of being together i i know people who don't have like relationships which last one third of that time also mm-hmm. so so i think we appreciate uh, the value of um, having clarity you know it cannot happen in every situation but clarity where it matters right why wouldn't would you just uh, you know celebrate yourself on that yeah yeah so i think probably in the comparison i'm trying to do is like in my in my relationship with a partner i was like very clear of where all i wanted to say no mm-hmm. but in my work life i've been very accommodative and i've been like yes to a lot of things as long as it was allowing me to provide for my family and for myself and stuff mm-hmm. and maybe now is the time in my 30s where i start saying no to a lot of stuff and really yeah. try discovering like what does professional life mean for me if i 
say yes to the right things and i'm ready for the long struggle which probably it involves but like i said there's value in suffering so uh if there is suffering maybe after some time like i think one of the things which you spoke about was like you know starting a business with friends mm. which seems the most difficult thing but there are certain other interests of mine which i think i should now put on the forefront and be like saying no to a lot of other stuff even if there are like short wins and stuff uh, right. have you ever thought about it like that or or how how is the thinking been like mm. how do you balance saying no or yes when you know like the no thing has like short wins like for example that cake thing which you were saying that was an example right like eating a cake yeah. makes you feel nice immediately yeah. but how do you get your clarity like for me what i'm most interested in knowing is how do you get your clarity of saying no to a lot of things like you don't bullshit mostly around the stuff which you don't like and then you just like no i will not do this whereas i'm very like nahi chalta hai kar hi lena chahiye whatever whatever yes it's tied to the fact of knowing whether it will really work for your maybe temporary it cannot be temporary right how can you live in the i mean you can live in the present but not just temporary because everything you do adds up to like a bigger mm. you know uh, picture mm. so um when i know that thing will not go down well with me mm. um after a day after a week um so then yeah i know it's not happening versus it's just a matter of but saying you yes but you don't thing. know everything also right uh no for my personal uh, the set of commitments i know whether that thing will add up or deduct my I mean, sense of i was of just pleasure. i was just trying to plug in another chapter which was one of the ones which just said you don't know everything and so do i like none of us actually know everything so i think the bigger point is where you build your conviction where you build your conviction from hmm um So see, like I could say yes to make someone happy, but uh, also they are the select set of people. And um, you know, the the kind of people I would look at uh, being around is those who are okay with my um, presence being just um, like more of a value addition than just like okay, just blend into the picture. Say mm. say everything that uh, mm. and do everything that will. please and appease people mm. so i don't have to really fit into the scheme of like what people are doing i do mm. my things and mm. people are still okay with that mm. and if you're not okay learn to be okay with it like i don't <laughs> want to why do people have to learn to be okay with it but i don't want to mince my words too much unless like um uh maybe like the group goal is more important than mine hmm. so i uh, have fine tuned my choices there but how do you how do you handle that in a in a work work professional scene where you can't be saying things out loud all the time you can't be not mincing your words because there are bigger things that stay or how do you handle that over there yeah exactly it's different right at different places uh, where you think it's entirely personal uh, you would take a stand and even workspaces you can take a stand on whether you want to go to um, <clears throat> like an event or um, do a meeting uh, plan an actionable um, anything like where you think it it makes sense for the um, uh, to achieve like a milestone um have an impact and mostly it's like group driven so you would not just put your feet, uh, foot down and say like no i don't think it has any potential because um like the company goals have to be aligned but then but then so are family goals i mean they're just not written anywhere that there are family goals but then families also have the same kind of construct as offices in the sense like there are bunch of people together and everyone has to be probably taken together and stuff um uh, but i think what i appreciate about you is you are pretty a uh, straight arrow whether it's at work or you 
and i'm not saying that in a always in a way where that's been beneficial for you you've also kind of uh taken a bunch of hits uh <laughs> where things have not gone your way but you've stuck with your convictions and stuff so yeah. uh but i think you are that brings it you at least you are and at peace me, with it, yourself it it makes me worth living mm-hmm. like if you don't know what are you living for mm-hmm. like right the giving the rights are of fucks mm-hmm. uh caring about uh, what really matters or right. you know and then you can go back and say that yeah i stood for these things like versus not standing up for anything then he's just a bystander fair enough and with living i think the corollary of that is like death and just like how the right things of living the right way of living and trying to do the right things in life the the biggest point which is there is like the the last in the book which talks about uh and then you die so uh keeping that in mind again like it becomes very clear in the kind of things that you would want to care about and then you don't want to care about cuz uh, a lot of the smaller petty things are not going to matter cuz one day you're going to die and as you keep growing that one day just starts appearing a little more closer and then probably sometimes you can even see it especially when like people around you uh parents friends uh, acquaintances sometimes you know uh you wake up one day and you get a news and you're like wow that's how uh uh what life is like uh mm. momentary life is right so or even trivial yeah trivial i was going to say how that's how frivolous life is <laughs> probably uh so again and this just takes me back to like i think there's a steve jobs stanford commencement where he talks about like death is the single most clearing agent and it brings in like uh, you know it gives opportunity for new people to come in and it takes care of the old and that's how i measure everything around a lot of stuff uh I get up in the morning and I think like oh this is the last day that I have uh should I do this thing for my family mm-hmm. and mostly the answer is yeah like those those are like clear winners when it comes to family and stuff uh I wish I very soon transition into a state where I feel like even for work like if I'm dying today what kind of work would I want to do <laughs> and again I have very clear answers over there they're awesome. just not very aligned with uh the kind of monetary part that they would provide <laughs> uh and I just feel like I'm very like people matter a lot to me and mm. even on my professional scale i should probably be working with people a lot more uh i don't know what that really means but uh managing people no no not managing people that's like a corporate stuff that you're talking about i'm mostly talking about like how can i work with people like people who matter like mm. not like corporates and offices and 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 stuff like this which are mostly for profit mm. uh Um, so would you be a non-profit organization not that they don't have their own problems so i'm just saying like devoid of structure like just look at like how can i engage and contribute i think those are the mm. things uh, and people would still want you in a structure where are you coming from why would you sure but like i'm in it for very different reasons i and just need to figure like a out yeah but again like all these words that you're using consultant manage people these are this i'm trying to get away from all of this when i'm saying what is important to me whereas mm. your choice of words are in again in a very corporate lingo or <laughs> jargon but uh, yeah i mean that's how i look at uh, 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 yeah that's how i look at uh, mm. that's how i look at like probably what death can do in terms of 
yeah providing more perspective clarity i think uh, maybe if you're just missing clarity death can just give you that in one minute right you close your eyes and um, even like you know as pranks people would try to um, hold their breath you know and it's just so uncomfortable right and uh, maybe uncomfortable scenes uh, tell you maybe uh, about um, maybe you're missing out right so um when we are giving uh, facts about this life we are uh, the book says we are distracted from death does it make sense but you know when we are not doing this we are better off embracing the impermanence of one's own existence mm. which is the better state i think because then death doesn't hit you like a blow right right you're prepared you are mentally there right and that is how uh, Uh, they practice meditation like we have not sit, uh, sat down with meditation experts they uh, meditation is done for a lot of reasons but right. the best reason that i can hold on to is how it's taught as a means of preparing oneself for death Ooh. while still remaining alive wow and we thought we were not going to talk about very dark stuff on this podcast <laughs> but uh, yeah this is it this is the end Mm-hmm. No, but I think uh, that's a, that's a good point. That's a that's a good uh, reflective point on mm. uh, uh, probably talking about uh, you know things that matter like meditation and stuff. And it's not just like a very uh, you have to become a sadhu or something like a hermit if you want to practice it. But uh, mm. uh, yeah, I've been practicing it in a very different format in like last last couple of years. Uh, mm. and i've really seen the power of how it can like you know calm you down and tell you or make you feel like about uh, this part that not so much about the death part but like you definitely like it, it like gives you a, a, a takes you a step back and calms things around and then you can focus on what's most important mm-hmm. if you're feeling very anxious it just tells you like what what are you anxious about you are pretty much like just a speck and you not doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things so mm-hmm. do what you can uh uh, uh you know uh so i mean if i have to if if i have to say it in a way which is uh uh yeah i mean like pick the right battles to choose cause choosing the right problems will get you happiness mm. and if you think you're not very special in the whole essence of the universe uh then the sufferings that you will probably be getting you will be drawing value from it and you will always be choosing the things that uh will matter uh by saying by by acknowledging a that you know you could be wrong and so could everyone else be and if you have to if there's any if there's any value in life that's probably to keep improving mm. and that is by doing a lot of things in which you will fail and you should be okay about it at the same time self guarding yourself by saying mm. uh no to the things which yeah uh, uh just don't make sense to you mm. because in the end possibly uh not possibly in the end certainly you will die uh and uh uh that should be helpful enough for you to dissolve your ego uh into an expansive nothingness and thus achieving the probably the enlightened state of nirvana absolutely and with that note we'll probably go on to a section where we just want to thank about the things that we are grateful for grateful for so sana what were you what are you grateful for in this week having a great supportive community to share life stories and updates with then you know our 6 years aside listeners are the best best example wow yeah i mean it sucks 
that's a that's a community in the growing and definitely feels like that and speaking of community i think i'm going to talk about a smaller subset of that community which is basically my family and uh, i've finished like about staying at home for about a good more than a month which i think doesn't have happened before ever <laughs> and i'm very very grateful for it i'm also i think i've said it before maybe in one of the podcasts but i'm also grateful now because i fly back tomorrow to bombay and uh, and, and i'll always cherish this time that i spent back at home so with that thank you so much for listening yay would like to hear the uh, if you if you have if these thoughts have crossed your mind and uh, do share your opinion with us uh, by writing on hello.sixyearsaside@gmail.com bye bye